الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى اله واصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وسارعوا الى مغفره من ربكم وجنه ارضها السماوات والارض اعدت للمتقين صدق الله العظيم سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا انك انت العليم يا صل وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم ما ريسبكتد اونوربل علماء ريسبكتد اند بيلوفد ايلدرز اند برادرز ان اسلام the theme of discussions in these days leading up to the month of ramadan has always been a preparation for the month of ramadan sometimes we need to move the goal post further and from our micro goals we need to look at the macro goal as they say look at the bigger picture and perhaps we need to shift the focus away from only preparing for the month of ramadan to prepare for the day we will meet allah tabaraka wa taala the meeting of allah tabaraka wa taala one is when we are ushered from this world into our qabr wa taala will be when tomorrow on the day of qiyama whilst each one of us strive and we try to do our best we need to also understand that there needs to be value sincerity in all and every one of our deeds it should not just be a mechanical movement that we move to the masjid out of the masjid but we need to have some sincere motives and intentions the mufassirin the commentators of the quran sharif have by way of a very beautiful example spoken about two people moving in the same direction allah taala says wastabaq albab sayyidina yusuf alayhi salatu wassalam was seduced by zulaikha and yusuf alayhi salatu wassalam began to move towards the door zulaikha is also moving in the same direction both of them are heading for the door however one is running away from the disobedience of allah one is running away from sin while the other is running towards sin wanting to pursue their own passions and this gives us an example sometimes of how sincere and how genuine we are in so far as our ibadat is concerned in so far as our actions are concerned so in the run up to prepare to meet allah tabaraka wa taala 
we need to look into our motives, we need to look into our intentions to see whether we are doing things for the sake of Allah Taala or not. Abdullah ibn Zubayr radiallahu ta'ala anhu of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam his mother was Sayyida Asma, his father was Sayyiduna Zubayr radiallahu ta'ala his nana was Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu when Hajjaj bin Yusuf had laid siege on the city of Makkah Mukarramah in the time of Sayyiduna Abdullah ibn Zubayr radiallahu ta'ala anhu I won't go into the political outline of the whole thing there's just one message that we want to carry forward when Sayyiduna Abdullah ibn Zubayr radiallahu ta'ala anhu had come to know and he had this feeling premonition that today seems to be the last day of my life his mother is in the slightly outskirts of Makkah and he goes there, Sayyidah Asma radiallahu ta'ala anha. She, the ulama have written, she was already 100 years at that time. She was blind, yet they say all her teeth were intact. And now Sayyidun Abdullah ibn Zubayr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, like any other son, goes to embrace his mother. When he embraces his mother, she feels that he is wearing an armor of steel. And she asked Abdullah, why are you wearing this armor of steel? So he says to his mother, that oh my mother, perhaps I will not live to see the sun set today. The city is being sieged by Hajjaj bin Yusuf. Very soon I will be a shaheed. And oh my mother, what I fear is not death. And that is what she wanted to say to him, my message. Why do you fear death? I do not fear death as much as I fear that after I am made shaheed, I am martyred. He will mutilate my body piece by piece. Such was Hajjaj. This mother replies to her son and she says, Oh my beloved son, when a sheep has been slaughtered, after it has been slaughtered, it does not feel the pain of skinning. In other words, after you are martyred, you will not feel the pain of mutilation. Now he speaks to his mother and he says to her, what I'm going to say to you is not because I want to purify myself, but is because I want to pacify you. And he goes on with an address, just three points that we will take from here. One is, oh my beloved mother, I never ever in my entire life intended to commit a sin. Brothers, think about it. Fajr is 5.30, sunrise is at 6 for example. I set my clock at 8 o'clock because I've got a meeting. Is that not an intention to miss the Fajr Salah and an intention to disobey Allah? And like that we can understand all the various other aspects of our lives. But here is a person saying to his mother that I did not ever in my life intend to disobey Allah. Allah give us this quality. The second is, oh my mother, I did not intentionally commit a sin. There could have been overlapses, short-sightedness, I could have erred, I could have made a mistake, whatever. But I did not intend to break the command of Allah wa ta'ala. And then the third, he says to his mother, Oh my beloved mother, 
I never ever violated amana trust that was put into my hands. Now here is a person not purifying himself, pacifying his mother. You know, when somebody loses a son, others will speak to that mother about the virtue of the son. Here is, it is as though he's sympathizing with his mother, speaking about this virtue to pacify her that you are going to lose your son. But understand, he never ever broke the commandments of Allah wa ta'ala knowingly, intentionally. Ulama have written an incident in the city of Isfahan that the king had gone out on his normal hunting and with his entourage and his army and they lived a woman that was not by the means she was a widow and all she had was one cow and she and herself and her family was sustained from the milk of this one single cow and in the zulm and atrocity the soldiers usurped that one cow of this woman and now the woman has no cow she passes the entire night weeping to herself that ya allah how am i going to sustain myself and my family allah taala put a thought in her heart and she walks in the opposite direction of the king and his army and she meets them at a bridge over the river and she stands there and she holds this entire entourage and she says to him Malik Shah may Allah Ta'ala keep you with salamat but I have got a case against you either you resolve the matter on this bridge or you resolve it on that bridge in other words the Sirat what we call the Pul Sirat you've got the choice do it here in this world or do it in the year after when Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala will take the revenge so he asked her, my mother what are you speaking about she explains the circumstances he gives her seven cows in return for that one cow and then he asked her the question would you still hold me responsible in the courts of Allah and obviously he replied no she replied no I will not hold you responsible in the courts of Allah you have done good whatever it was it was one cow you've given me seven I will not hold you responsible rather I will say to Allah Ta'ala that this man has done good to me brothers and friends it is in this world that you and I have the opportunity of turning back towards Allah Rabbul Izzat turning and changing our life for the sake of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala going forward Abdullah ibn Zubayr radiallahu ta'ala who was one example his brother Urwa ibn Zubayr the incident is also very lengthy just to draw from one aspect of his incident there was a reason why his leg had to be amputated and the doctors were unanimous it was amputated he humbly asked that before the leg is buried bring it to me I want to have a look at my leg when the leg was brought to him the amputated leg he strikes that leg stroking it he says I take a qasam in the name of Allah that this was that leg that conveyed me to the masjid in the darknesses of night I take a qasam in the name of Allah 
that these hands of mine had never laid full leave alone haram. Neither did my ears or my eyes or my mind or my heart drive me or need or necessity drive me to the disobedience of Allah. Brothers who, how many of us can take these type of qasams in the name of Allah? So we look at those pious ancestors that had left sin, they knew they were breaking the commandment of Allah wa ta'ala. Now the question is, how do we leave sin? And what are the steps that we need to take? A few days before the month of Ramadan, we have looming upon us, strike and mass action, and all the fears that we have in our heart, brothers and friends, there is one thing as an ummah, one thing as family members, one thing as individuals, we need to turn towards Allah wa ta'ala and seek forgiveness from Allah Rabbul Izzat. Insofar as our matters between us and Allah wa ta'ala and also our matters between people. Sayyiduna Abdullah ibn Zubayr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, his mother was Sayyida Asma, his nana, his maternal grandfather was Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha narrates that at the time when my father had embraced Islam at the hands of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he had 40,000 silver coins, which in Makkah Mukarramah, in the 13 years of Makkah, he spent in the cause of freeing slaves and other matters for the deen of Allah ta'ala. When he made hijrat with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he had a mere 5,000 coins left, of which he purchased that land, the original land on which Masjid al-Nabawi was built. Sometimes think about it friends, we make a contribution and Allah Ta'ala accepts that contribution. 1,440 years have passed now and each time a person says Subhanallah, on that original structure of Masjid al-Nabawi, which we call the Rauda, that today we will have to apply via an app to go there. That thawab will go to Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala, and each sajda, each subhanallah, each word of the tilawat of the Qur'an, people are making dua, people are performing salat. So she says that from that 5,000, much of it he spent in the cause of purchasing that land, and then the balance of it he spent. Now comes the time when Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu is leaving this world. Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu calls for me, calls for Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, and he said to her, Aisha, make a calculation. Calculate in the two years and odd that I was Khalifa and I drew from the Baytul Mal. Now understand this is haq. It was his right to draw from the Baytul Mal. But make this calculation and tell me how much was it. So she comes back and she says to him, 6,000 silver coins. He said, I have this property, sell that property and deposit that money back into the Baytul Mal. This is a haq, it is a right. And today we will take the rights of others and we think nothing about it. Then he asked her, O Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, tell me secondly, since the time I had become Khalifa, 
However, in whichever way, what was the increase in my assets in two years and plus? She replies, Oh my father, it is one camel, one piece of cloth and a goat. He says to her, Take that piece of cloth, that goat and that camel and forward it to the next Khalifa. It was profits that I had accrued, assets that I had accrued, whilst being the Khalifa, it should go back into the Baytul Mal. Again, it was his right, but he does not want to exercise that right simply and purely because he wants to leave this world with a clean slate. And then lastly, he asked Aisha, which day did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam pass on? And she replied on a Monday. Now he had the knowledge of all of this. It was only Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu that had the knowledge about the janaza salah, the place of burial, the kafan, the dafan, the ghusl of Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam. No one else had that knowledge. He had all that knowledge. But yet he is asking her to affirm and to bring about a point. On which day did Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam pass on? She replied on a Monday. He asked her, what day is it today? She replied a Monday. Then he asked her, oh Aisha, tell me something. What of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam? How many pieces of cloth was he enshrouded in? So she replied three. In one narration, he pointed towards one old piece of cloth. In one narration, said this is one or two pieces of cloth. Aisha, would you do me a favor and purchase one more piece of cloth? Remember, he was a cloth merchant. He was an accredited cloth merchant. A person that was astute in his business. But comes the life, the end of his life. He wants to leave and meet Allah wa ta'ala in a particular way. And hence Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu asked Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, would you not purchase me that one or two pieces of cloth? She replies, being an obedient daughter, oh my father, I will purchase you three new pieces of cloth. He said, new cloth befits the living. Old cloth befits the dying and decaying body. And in this way, Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu leaves this world. Brothers and friends, what we learn from all of this is that whilst we are in the process of a preparation for the month of Ramadan, and when we speak about preparation, we're speaking about a spiritual preparation, but let's, let us heighten our desires, our aspirations in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and let us create within us the desire to prepare ourselves to meet Allah wa ta'ala. One simple way is take stock of our lives and look at the kind of sins that we are committing. I know my condition. Each one of us know our own condition. The difference is we need to be honest to ourselves. Whatever the sins may be, seek from Allah wa ta'ala. Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam had taught Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu a dua. The benefit of this dua is for learning the Qur'an, but the words of the dua is absolutely potent. Allahumma arhamni bitarkil ma'asi 
abadam ma abqaitani Allahumma arhamni bi tarkil ma'asi abadam ma abqaitani If you cannot remember the Arabic learn the English translation Oh Allah have shower your mercy upon me One mercy of Allah Ta'ala One mercy of Allah Ta'ala is Allah Ta'ala forgives When we make toba that toba does not go to Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala via any conveyance the toba is in the heart the regret and remorse is in the heart and it reaches Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala not even split seconds it happens here and it reaches and Allah Ta'ala forgives and one way of Allah Ta'ala's mercy upon us is oh Allah have mercy by me leaving out sin so long as you keep me on the surface of this earth at least this much we did that we asked Allah Ta'ala to help us keep away from sin secondly if perchance we commit the sin make tawbah and seek forgiveness from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala ulama have written that sometimes we need to be a little bit brutal on ourselves create a punishment system muakaba that we committed the sin and uh, give out something as sadaqa give out something as sadaqa so that hurts and when it hurts inshallah we will stop the sin how many times it happens that we find ourselves speaking about a person or speaking about others and it is not a good thing we try to stop it just create this sadaqa system in our life we mention the person's name we speak about the person now it becomes expensive to speak about that person it becomes expensive to commit the sin then now we make muhasaba that daily before after each salat let us see how we spend those hours between two salats and try and make toba to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brothers and friends in these days that we have these uncertainties it is imperative for each and every one of us to turn towards Allah tabarak wa ta'ala let us make toba let us make istighfar seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in abundance seek toba ask Allah ta'ala to forgive ask Allah tabarak wa ta'ala to have mercy on the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam wherever the ummah of Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam is suffering and like that we ask Allah tabarak wa ta'ala to alleviate all the sufferings of the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam those who were with us our family members the ummah that have passed on may Allah ta'ala grant them the highest of jannatul firdaus those who are ill and sick Allah tabarak wa ta'ala grant them shifa ikamil ajil mustamir those who have whatever difficulty Allah Ta'ala alleviate the difficulties.